check my batteries. All right, so this is episode one of the Grindstone Adventures podcast. Uh, I have my buddy here for a guest over the phone, named Lane. Uh, he's a pretty shitty deer hunter, but I'll let him introduce himself. Pretty shitty deer hunter, huh? Okay. Hey, you know, right, who, who, right. who killed the bigger deer this year? All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, whatever. That's all I had. Well, well, yeah. Flat as hell up there. What's up? It's flat as hell up there. Quiet. Flat. Oh, I thought you said quiet. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I've been all over the country. Quite literally. All over the country. And this is the flattest place I've ever been. And I had no idea growing up in Eastern Ohio that Ohio was the flattest state in the country. Is it really? Of all the states, I've been to over 30 states. And this is the flattest state I've ever been. Were you in West... You were in South Texas, weren't you? I was in Central Texas. Oh, okay. Not far from... Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, more hills than here. Illinois had some some hills, but it also had a lot of flatland where Megan lives. Illinois, Indiana, all them hillier than here, bud. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll take the hills over the, the flat. That means high-powered oh, okay. rifles. Yeah, this is, uh, it's not bad, don't get me wrong. It's tons of work, good wages. Yeah. Not great for outdoorsmen. It can, it's, there's stuff, there's doable stuff. They have Depends on the species. <laughs> yeah, that's anywhere, though, you know, depending yeah. on what you want to do. Yeah, I mean. great, uh, park systems here, like, uh, state parks. Oh, yeah. The state park service is fantastic. Not for hunters, but for everybody else. Yeah, I'm going to test out to see how well the West Virginia state parks are and maybe the Kentucky ones this year. Yeah, the Maumee, the Maumee State Forest is huge. Uh, the public land for hunters here, the biggest chunk, I think, is two or 300 acres, maybe four. That's the biggest Something public like land that. you know of? Up here, that's close, yeah. And oh. it's got a dirt bike trail through it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Not for hunters. Well, no, but, you know, you can't control yeah. what happens on public land. Yeah, for sure. I, I went and checked it out one time. Just walked around my brother pretty much. Yeah. Getting a lay of the land, and uh, there's like four or five dirt bikes running on that trail. That would have been cool to ride, but it probably would have been horrible in the tree stand. Yeah, oh, I didn't even take my tree stand. I was just walking around trying to see what was up down there. and saw one squirrel hunter and dirt bikes. Which the dirt bike section is only like a third of that whole, whole uh, Public land. You gotta think though too that people, you gotta think though people ride through there probably pretty often, so the deer gotta be somewhat used to it. And yeah, I'm sure. And I'll tell you what, the other two thirds of woods I went through, I didn't see hardly any sign. I didn't see droppings, old trails, a couple fresh velvet rubs. But no real hard sign that there's deer living in there very often. What but time of year did you go? This would have been October. Really? No, not really any signs. 
Well, the corn was still standing, and there's cornfields everywhere out here. Corn, soybean, you name okay. it, it's out here. That makes more it's sense now. Yeah, extremely. The land out here is uh, a lot of ag. Lots of ag. So I believe the deer here, the deer there were living or staying near the corn. Yeah. Not, tri- not venturing into the uh, public land. They didn't need to. And I never made it out after the corn got cut to check it out again. Yeah, it's because sure that refinery blew up, didn't it, right about then? No, that would have been December. Oh. Uh, what? Or no, I'm sorry, November, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, November 2021. Mm-hmm. The work and blew up, that was cool. <laughs> no injuries, everybody was safe, so that was cool, got a lot of overtime. And then everybody thought it blew up again, turns out it was just a relief valve, got kind of plugged up or something, and went off and blew, it was inside of a compressor house that blew the roof off a little bit nothing crazy no serious damage done well you should have got some video of that that'd been freaking cool to see uh so when when well i wasn't there for the relief valve that happened at like 7 p.m i was already home but the night shift guy saw it i felt it at my house actually that was crazy how far do you live from here about 10 miles oh okay i didn't realize you lived that close yeah, yeah. If you go out on the main road, you can see uh, the flares where they they burn off mm. uh, excess product or bad product. Yeah, I've been around fi- refineries too much for my liking. Last week, yeah. the week before, it's all I worked around, and then uh, Monday I'm traveling out to that PA place to go to the Shell refinery and get training. So we can. Oh, yeah. They're going to use our crews as call out crews. So if something happens, they call. If we're available, we go there. Uh-huh. But I, I'm not turning down the work at this point, but not something I want to do. Right. Now, refinery, I mean, you make a lot of money in a refinery. Oh, yeah. So I mean, if there's a shutdown, I'll make way more money. But It's not ideal work, I guess. I mean, it depends on who you are. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, it's very industrial, and there's asbestos and silica dust and all kinds of shit that's going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, where we were working yeah. at, right above Parkersburg, just across the bridge in West Virginia... Um, it's called DuPont, but it, we were working for Chemwars Washington Chemical Plant. And that entire strip, probably six, seven miles, each, either way you go down the river, on no matter what side you're on, Ohio, West Virginia, uh, the technician I was working with, he, he said it, in California, they look up where you're from and you're in a hospital. They see that you're from that area, they automatically charge you five grand because they... It's something, the nickname for the area is something similar to Death Valley or something like that because all the chemicals blowing in the air all the time. Mm. I was like, well, damn, that's nice to know. I've been working in that for the last three weeks. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I, I mean, it's, I don't know what all the plants do, but there is a lot of refineries no matter which way of 77 you go by the river. Yeah. But that, I mean, that makes sense because they lose they use barges and stuff to move stuff up and down the river all the time too so yeah just like up here with Erie man we got two refineries in Toledo a power plant a nuclear plant there's another nuclear plant in Lima it's like an hour or so south yeah I've heard about the one in Lima because my company's tried to send me there Mm. yeah there's a refinery in Detroit which is like an hour or so north yeah damn you're that close to Detroit yeah holy shit yeah, the border is only 15 minutes from my house in the Michigan. 
you got to try and get a Michigan tag next year and go up and smoke one of those suckers. Um, it's weird. I fuck. I forgot how. I forgot how it works. Is it different than like? Yeah, it's weird. Really? I don't remember how it worked. Have to give Steve Ranella a call and be like, "Hey, how do I hunt your state?" Yeah, let me just dial it real quick. I'll <laughs> call him up real quick. No worries. He's like my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. There's a lot from this show, man. That's how I know as much as I do the, that show and then the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast. Oh yeah. And, you know, cast is a good one. And... Dude, I can't tell you how surprised I was with the Meat Eater show and his podcast. Um, no, I didn't like it when I was younger, but I'm kind of a dry person. I mean, I'd see the the show on YouTube ads or little ads here and there across TV or laptop when you're online. Uh-huh. I shrugged it off. I was like, oh, that's just another fucking dog and pony show, rich boy that never actually been deer hunting. He's got someone actually guiding him on fenced-in property. And then I, I sat down one day and I watched an episode. Excuse me. Yeah, it's and I was like, what? I was wrong. This is one of the greatest hunting shows to learn stuff and learn how to cook it I've I ever seen. It is the greatest because, you know, we grew up watching Drury Brothers and... I still watch the Drury Brothers. And all them. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking shit on these guys. But you don't learn much. It's more of an entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't tell you how to play wind and all that. Well, they're starting okay. to now with the DeerCast app, but that's because they're pushing it and it's their app. Yeah, like I mean, I guess that's been out for a few years now. I thought it was about new. four or five years. Yeah, I just got it this year, and it. I mean, I'm not. not I've got it. It's foolproof, but it's pretty fucking cool. I've got it, but I don't. I don't pay for it, so I just get what I need out of it, and that's it. Uh, do you pay for Onyx? I just got it last week. Well, then you get your gear uh, cast for free. What? Yeah, if you're an elite member of Onyx. You get your, you can get uh, deer cast for free. I'm gonna have to look into that because that'd be nice yeah, for like shot deep. placements and shit like that. Yeah, deer cast is phenomenal. I mean, you get a ton of information. My uh, my deer I shot this year was, or I guess last year, whatever this season. What? Uh, when did you shoot that again? November fifth. And he was a uh, six it point. Friday, Thursday. Yeah, it was a small eight. Oh, a small eight. I never. Yeah, I can't my, remember. My first compound bow buck. Hey, I'm, I ain't knocking it. I'm just saying I don't remember seeing it. Oh, I know. You must have got you it when I was down bigger. here. Next year I'll get a little bigger. It ain't my biggest buck, but it's my first buck with a compound bow. Nice little eight point. I'm not pretty happy with it. I I'm still waiting to do that. <laughs> However, I do have two bow kills now under my belt, and both of them were bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm gonna top that next year next season I mean he's got got some potential bucks on your cameras I did pull the cameras already this year Uh, actually yeah I pulled them because I was having trouble with my card reader and my laptop and stuff is the only way I can read cards now Um, but I pulled the cameras I'm gonna reset I'm gonna go out when I shed hunt I'm gonna reset one of the cameras where I think that 12 point I showed you a picture of is try and pinpoint if he's still in the area because he was not on film he, I haven't had him since before gun se- the first gun season, so I'm kind of nervous about that. But he looked like a three to four year old buck in pictures. I'm hope if he if he's on camera somewhere else, or I get him on camera later this year, then I'll relax a little bit about it. But with the, the Amish pressure that goes into that property for a month and a half, two months, yeah, it, 
<laughs> it puckers my butthole when it comes to big deer. <laughs> but I'm going to reset a camera probably up in. The bad part is, I mean, if you had the map, I could pinpoint the direction the wind's always typically blowing, depending on which side of the road you are at Funkhausers. And which. You know, I man. Huh? Don't tell me your spot's on here, man. Oh, it's private property. They can't get permission. <laughs> I ain't, you know, poachers. Listen, there's enough poachers around that area as it is. It's backwoods, redneck, Ohio. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, the way the wind's blowing on each side of the road, I can pretty much tell you where it is every single day. Because uh, it doesn't change a whole lot because of just normal weather patterns. But the only access in is the easiest access in because you're cut off by landowners on the backside. You typically travel with the wind, and that's not good, obviously. So it's hard to get in there. And I'm gonna try and figure out a way to get a stand or a climber back up in there for the next season. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna top that buck. Did I tell you what he scored? Just under 150. Yeah, an eighth of an inch under 150. Now it's not an official score. It, it, yeah, you go get it, get it officially scored and see what happens. No, yeah. oh, I'm not doing that. The only reason I got him scored was so when people asked me, I oh, had an no. answer. Because oh, no, if you did, I think I think he'll come up a little bit bigger than that. Possibly. I mean, Jake scored it, and he scored his big buck that I thought was massive. He scored it like 133 or something. I was like, you need yeah, to re you need to redo that. Yeah, I was like, there's no way because he carried. I think Jake's buck carried four inches of girth all the way out the main beam. I have no idea. And I'm not a scorer, so. Right, neither am I. Guessing. I'm not going to get mine officially scored because I don't want to pay for it, and I don't care. No, I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. But. I actually get mine scored. How far did you shoot your buck? Where was he at? We were in 12 acres of woods with a nice crick ravine running through it with a fork. I was by a CRP field. Okay, on the, and, where the pipeline splits it? No, there's no, 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 that's on the north side. I was uh, more south. Oh, back towards the pipeline 90? So you come mm -hmm. down off the hill from where Mosley's used to live and back in the ways there? Pipe. Oh, no, 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 I was across the street from there. Oh, you're back up in where we used to ride and squirrel hunt? Yeah, back over there. Okay, okay, I, I know yeah. what you're talking about now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about 12 acres right there. And uh, I did hunt that last year, and there's a ton of sign, but I never saw deer. I've always seen sign up there. It's just, you know, yeah. we never did anything with it. Actually, I saw the stand in that little, across from the bridge. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm up over this hill. I got a funny story about this. It's, fuck. But uh, on the corner of these woods, there's a, you come on off of a cattle field down the hill into the woods. Mm -hmm. It's like crest the hill cross fence get into the woods start dropping down into the ravine and to the way my stand was set I was facing two trails and I had two entrances from the CRP field on my left walking into me that yeah. I could see and it was a rut they were rutting hard saw three bucks that day saw a nice I couldn't tell what it was at the time Nice bigger size buck, probably three year old, I'd argue. Came in, looked at, or looked in, checked it out. My wind was good, so I know he didn't smell me, but he backed out and went around, so I don't know why. 
He was probably yeah. sniffing the area for a hot dough he'd been by recently, and when he didn't smell it, he probably just went look somewhere else. I don't know, because he, he ended up walking right in front of me later. But anyway, I saw him a little bit after first light. A little while later, I see a spike buck run up the main trail. There's an old bulldozer trail comes down and then makes a loop. Yep. Uh, spike took off, and I didn't pay him any mind. And I see this little eight point come in. I'm like, first opportunity I've had at a deer. I've been hunting hard all year. Right. For the girl for a month, I've been hunting pretty hard trying to get some meat in the freezer. And I was like, shit, first compound bow buck, that'll do. Hell yeah. It was like 14 yards, not paying me any attention at all. I had no idea it was there. And he took his head down to sniff. I thwacked him. And. <clears throat> You know, I'm all jacked up. He took off running. Still my arrow's still in him. Not 10 minutes later, dude. I'm being loud on the phone with my brother. I'm all jacked up. That big buck I'd seen earlier, he's a seven point. I got video. I got videos of him. Comes walking that same path that the buck I just shot. <laughs> and then <laughs> did the same exact thing. Bent over, sniffed the same spot, and then wandered off. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> My, you know, my eight point's not bad, but that seven point's nice. It's huge. You know, next year he's gonna be a monster. Was he super wide or? He'll, he'll be a, he'll be a nice buck. He'll be a monster, huh? Was he super wide or was he like just had it all tall, wide, good mass? He's framey. He's. I stole that phrase from working class bow hunter. He's framey. Framey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nice basket to him. He looks all the way around. He, a, a good, he looks like a perfect buck. Yeah, except for he's a seven point. If he was an eight point, he'd have that perfectly mm-hmm. symmetrical rack. But I like it, you know. I like that crab claw. Yeah, he's a. Uh, so my buck then wouldn't be framey either because one side's so much wider. No. Yeah, yours isn't really framey. It's, it's like symmetrical. But yeah, and then I went up and talked to the landowner, my buddy's dad, who I was hunting on, and. What did he uh, say? He come. We actually went up. We went to get breakfast. Actually, right after that, I, was, I wanted to let him let the my buck the buck sit for a little while to expire. And yeah. When I got breakfast and uh, came back, me, the landowner, and the landowner's body came went down and we're oh fuck, we hear some rustling in the ravine. It's all briars and thick and can't see. And so I go down to the end of his property and try to bump him up onto back up onto the property farther to make sure he didn't go on to the neighbor so I didn't try to stick him with another arrow well he got around me and ended up on the neighbor's property so we pulled off and went down got permission to come up and I found him and he's you know breathing his last couple breaths and I stuck him again and he expired peacefully you know for the most part I mean yours sounded like at least a a humane kill yeah it was it wasn't the as good of a shot as I thought I made on him Where'd you hit him at originally? Uh, so what I thought, I thought I got high, a little high on that first one, and I thought my arrow went, because I had him quartering away, I had a nice, nice angle on him. So you hit him high, do you think you just hit lungs? Yeah, I thought I double lunged him, high in the first lung, and the left lung, and then lower in the right lung, I thought I smoked him. So when you Turns cut out, him open, where do you hit? I was a little farther back, I only got one lung and liver, that was probably four inches back from what I thought, which, you know, sucks. But. Right, so you probably should have gave him, like, most of the day and went in the evening I, to look for him. Yeah, I, I gave him four hours. I thought that'd be plenty, and I should have gave him at least six. I'm yeah. guessing. 
Who knows? Some things are tougher than nails, you know? Well, you uh, make me seem like a bad person now because the way I killed my buck. Now, granted, he's the biggest deer I've ever seen in person, but yeah. I had to shoot him three times. I mean, it happens, man. <laughs> I mean, I dropped him with the first shot. I shot that one two times, you know? Well, yeah, but he, he, that tends to happen with those back shots when you don't get enough time. I shot yeah. mine and dropped him in a spot 10 yards from me. Nearly hopped out of the tree stand to break my leg, but I climbed down the ladder instead. Went to put another shot on him because he was slowly drowning because the way he fell down in the water, the water was running upstream towards his face. So he was either going to drown and die horribly or I was going to shoot him again and kill him quickly. And when I went to shoot him the second time, he flinched and the arrow skid off his shoulder blade just underneath the hide. So it just it, it hurt him. That's all it did. It didn't go anywhere yeah. near killing him. And now, mind you, I'm shooting uh, Meat Eater G5 broadheads that make an inch and a half hole. So I'm pissing this dude off. I have to. Like, I, I feel bad at this point. So I recocked the bow again, and then I sent one through his chest cavity from the front, rest under where his neck would be, straight yeah. through. And I clipped the back of his heart with that and took out a lung. But the first shot, it went through his spinal cord and... Uh, like it came in through the top part of one lung so he would have died eventually anyways if he didn't paralyze but yeah I felt horrible because he was drowning as I'm trying to get him to stand st or lay still so I can shoot him again but I mean I got him yeah I walked up on him thinking he was dead after the second shot until I realized what had happened and I grabbed a hold of his horns and then I was instantly regretting that because you know when it, you think they're dead and they start putting pressure back against your hands, it's kind of, it'll pucker your yeah, butt. Yeah, freak, freak out a little bit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I better, like, I, like, bent over, pushing his head down on the ground, and got my legs without it out of the way, so if he did buck and spin or whatever, he wouldn't get my legs. And then I got pushed off him like a push-up and got the hell away from him and got the bow again. But, yeah, I don't think... I don't even know if I want to top another deer because that one's got a lot of meaning since Dad told me to go sit anyways. I wasn't going to go hunt that day. Yeah. But. <clears throat> See, yeah, it's hard to stay motivated sometimes, dude. Well, I thought I'd bumped him off the property because, you know, he was about a five-year-old deer. And typically when you, you bump a mature buck like that, they don't really hang around very long. But I guess the saving grace was when I scared him the night before, I had the wind in my favor and I had a tree at my back so he could only see slight pieces of me. So he must not have known what I was and just decided it was a fluke because he came right back to the same area the next night. Yeah. So. Where did you shoot your buck again? Was it still right? No, I shot him in, I shot him October 4th. So like two weeks into the season. He yeah. Was, he was still in a summer pattern and when I was gutting him and skinning him that night, dude, it was like 75, 78 degrees. I didn't get to do what I'd like to do because when I shoot a deer, I typically want it to hang in the in like 30 or below weather for a day or two. And this one, this time I had to like, I'd get him gutted and it took me a while to skin him because I'd never done a cape skin before. And once that was done, I threw him in a cooler with as much ice as I could get at the house. And then I went to town and bought more ice and threw him back in the cooler after I'd quartered him out. And then I, I butchered him the next day. It's not ideally what I'd like to do. I'd like to let him hang a little bit, but you know, with 78 degree weather, you gotta get him moving. Right. But, 
Yeah, early season was kind of rough this year. Yeah, it was hot as hell. And it's probably going to be hot as hell this coming year, too. Skiers were horrible. I didn't shoot yet. I yeah. had a rough time. I, I almost wore a mosquito mask a couple times out this early season. Yeah, over on the public land out here, I definitely should have. Get eaten up. All the little marshy and shit, you know. Uh, but, all right. So you went out on an elk hunt last year to Colorado. Yeah, my brother and I. You Did you go out? Yeah. You went to the southwest, right? North. Northwest? West. Northwest, but like not that far west. Surprisingly, you're kind of more central, but right around Colorado's main city. I, what's that? What's yeah, that? Middle of Denver. No other side. Oh, you were kind of on the eastern side. Uh, there was no real cities around us. Like, like we think Carroll, like Carroll County, Ohio, is bad. You know, you gotta drive an hour to get to Walmart. Yeah. That's like you gotta drive three or four hours. To so you were west of Denver. Yeah. Uh, so you'd yeah, be west of Colorado Springs, too. Colorado Springs is southeast. Yeah, just barely from Denver. And you weren't that far to where you were at Grand Junction, were you? That's almost on the yeah, state that line. Was, that was, yeah, that's it. That was a big city near us. And it was four hours away, five hours away. We went down to, you know, I think 67 took us. We went, I had to go through Utah to get down there. Unit 67. There was no to get there. Yeah, southwest. I think it's 67. There's 60, yeah, 61, 70. Way the fuck down there, dude. Like, There's uh, 70s all over. I mean, you could probably get... Yeah, 67 is towards the upper corner of the south corner, southwest corner. But Yeah, we could walk to Utah from there. It was nuts. Real, well, you, but we didn't I don't know there. if... We, we got there. Um, Looking at uh, this, you weren't we walking to around. Utah. Uh, Looking at where 67 is, you weren't walking to Utah. Maybe it's not 67, though. Uh, there's 70, 60, 61. There's all kinds of different numbers over here. I'm looking yeah, at the Onyx map. Well, we went to three or four different units. Yeah. Well, that's, what that's what a lot of people on public hunt out there do, from what I've been able to learn. But Yeah, actually, man. You know, you got other hunters pressuring hunter pressure everywhere, and sometimes you just got to do that. Yeah. So, what, go through... Go through and give like a, a summary of what, what went down out there for you. Because I know you said you didn't really see anything. Oh, yeah, she shit, but <laughs> the only elk, the, the hardest thing they tell you about elk hunting is finding the elk. And we were like, oh, okay, like, what unit is it? Yeah, what up right here? So was Dawson calling most of the time or was you? He was calling, uh, I did some cow calls, but he did all the bugles and everything. Where I live, I didn't want to piss off all my neighbors, and he lives in the country still. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm kicking around, because I'm going to go in 2023, maybe with you guys if you want to go at the same time. And I've been baiting, do I want to buy a bugle now and start practicing ahead of time, which probably would be a good idea to get good at it, but I live in an apartment in the middle of the city. Yeah, that's the issue, is I don't want to be that guy and get the cops called and shit. But I could go right up the road to a park and bugle out in the woods. Problem with that is, it's 20 degrees outside, and I'm lazy, and I'm not home much. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was in a hotel, I'd not give it two shits to bugle and piss off neighbors at a hotel. But, so, you were out there in September or October, weren't you? Uh, 
second, or I'm sorry, first week of September. We went a week before rut, hoping to catch the beginning of it. Yeah. And stay away from the muzzleloader guys. Our last day was, uh, I think our last day was opening day of muzzleloader day. Yeah. Do you know they uh, they don't require people to wear orange out there hunting, gun hunting? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it will. Ch it's going to change here in the future because they uh, had a fatality last year. I don't know if it'll change because of that, but I did hear about that. Yeah. He uh, was standing behind some brush and the guy shot and yeah. something along those lines. I don't know the whole story. I'm not going to say he was in the wrong. Yeah, I heard it on uh, Meat Eater podcast and Stephen Mellows. He said that the way he would fix it and set up the regulations is kind of how we have muzzleloader here in Ohio or up there in Ohio is it's after all the other gun season that it gets its own season separated completely. And I mean, what do you mean? It was a muzzleloader and an archery hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was but, just like here. Well, the difference is they don't require orange. And now they're. That, that, that was what Steve Rinella's. That's what Steve Rinella wanted to do, is move it to a complete different time and make it its own season. No, I don't like that, actually, but, I mean, it, it, different opinions, whatever. But Right. I think they just need to wear orange. orange. Yeah, yeah, put the orange on. It's not that big a deal. Right. Wear Deer aren't going to be able to see it anyways. Even, even if it's just a ball cap. Right. I mean, that's hunter safety course stuff right there. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, trust me, I don't like wearing an orange in a tree stand in the Ohio whitetail woods. Yeah. If, if I'm if I got a bow in my hand, but you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb, but and I mean on private land, you know, like fuck that. Oh yeah. On public land, yeah, I'm probably I should probably wear orange in fucking archery season too. I mean anymore, I I'm waiting for the contract with them Amish people to go or expire before I really actually get out to do any gun hunting again. But and I stay yeah. away from the property while it's gun season now because of those Amish. So I haven't had to wear orange. Except for when we went down to the cabin, you and me and Trenton. Yeah, that was the last time I got hunted, dude. Yeah, same. And I have... I don't care, too. I, I, I kind of lost the thrill with gun hunting. Obviously, I like shooting yeah. guns still. But, like, right. bow hunting yeah. is such a more of a challenge that that's kind of where I want to go with it. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's more fun, I think. It is. It's more tranquil. You get more, more out of it. It's more intimate. Right. So, how many miles a, on average a day did you walk when you were actually out in there, or in the wilderness, not truck hunting? Uh, we truck hunted the whole time. We had to. There's no... Uh, no access points? No, no water. There's no water. Like, we could we could have went out for a day, and then the next day we'd have had to come back to the truck to get more water. Oh, okay. Maybe two days. We might have made it two days. It was 90 degrees every single day. The one, actually, one day it was over 100. What would you have done uh, if you got an elk? Uh, piss ourselves first thing. <laughs> and then, you know, been like, wow, holy shit, there is a god. That, <laughs> now you have to deal with that heat. You probably lose some of the meat. I don't know, man. I mean, it gets cold in the nighttime. It did drop 40 degrees. Oh, did it? it well, yeah, it got down to 30 degrees one night after being 90 in the day. <laughs> That's cold. It's a desert, man. It's a desert. You know, you think Colorado, at least me, I never knew there was desert in Colorado. I always thought it was, you know, big mountains, lush pines, blue rivers. Yeah, that's what and I... Some of it is. I mean, that's all you see in the YouTube videos of people elk hunting, too. Yeah, elk 
mean, you know, it's hard rock, sand, sagebrush. You think no shade, no shade desert. You think like the desert and the the plains and stuff. Like you think mule deer area. Oh, we saw a bunch of mule deer. Actually, the only the only animal the only animal we saw in abundance of was fucking mule deer. We didn't see any bear like we wanted to. We did see two badgers. That was cool. Uh, did you see nice, any good bucks out there in the mule? Saw one nice mule deer buck. He was in a bachelor group with three other bucks, and they were all nice too. But the the you know obviously the big one stood out. He was a I wouldn't say a monster mule mule deer, but he was big. He was nice. You have to draw for mule deer in Colorado still, right? I don't know. Huh. I have never looked to hunt mule deer yet. Well, maybe I'll look into that because if I get because I know you can in certain in certain. Uh, units out there in Colorado you can double up for the same price and get a bear tag as well and mm-hmm. it's encouraged to double up but I don't know about the mule deer I have to look into that because I read the regulations on elk hunting yesterday but if, I, if it's cheap and you don't have to draw for it then I'll buy both tags and I'll go out there and whichever one I get I'll get but I have heard that mule deer meat is not as good as what it you'd think it'd be never had it i don't know i'm gonna reserve final judgment until i taste it yeah me too i know elk tastes good i cook it like when i cook it not somebody else cooked it and i tried it after i cook it Mm -hmm. and try it and then i will say whether it's my favorite or whatever right like i like i like deer burger whitetail burger i love deer steak the way i cook it i had someone cook me a burger when I, the way I cook venison, period, is it's got to be dead. I don't want any blood in it, nothing. And that's just my personal preference. Like, hell, people make fun of me because of the way I eat steak. How do you eat steak? You're, I'm not telling you because you'll hang up. Oh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> but, you put fucking A1 sauce on your steaks, don't you? Huh? You put A1 sauce on your steaks, don't you? No, just salt and pepper. Sweet baby rage. Oh, you don't even season them. I put salt and pepper on it. It's all you need. Fucking white boy. Well, I am white. But when I cook uh, venison, I, I want it dead, dude. I throw them deer steaks in a cast iron skillet, some onions to saute up on it, throw a little bit of light beer in there to cook in with it. It's all you need right there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I've had someone cook burger, which I mean I cook burger the same way I cook a beef burger. It's just I make sure it's dead in the middle. And someone cooked it where it was like medium or something like that I don't know there's a lot of pink left in the middle of that burger and it, the gamey the taste of it the gamey flavor and that I don't know if it was a buck from the rut or if it was just the way it was or butchered early I don't know what it was It I couldn't eat it I had to turn my head up to it I can't believe I'm friends with you dude I swear that game taste was bad I don't even think we shot that deer I think that was a roadkill I've never had that gamey taste be bad enough to where I think it's gross and I won't eat it. I, that was the only time I've ever had it. Every time since then. It, maybe you cooked it bad. Or maybe you're just a pussy and you don't like bloody meat. I can eat bloody meat. I prefer not to. <laughs> to each their own, though. I, uh, I also did eat those 12 hours after they were cooked because I came home from working a 10-hour shift at the factory when I was up there still. And so they, I heated. They, they were in the they were in the fridge, but they weren't covered. Right. Oh, 
So I ate them 12, 14 hours right. after they were cooked. So who knows? Right, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like my steak gluten on the plate. Yeah, you like the way it. God intended. You're like actually, you know, and I think I'm. I'm not gonna say because I don't know for sure. Uh, there is a religion where you are not supposed to eat, and it might be. I don't know. Anyway, you're not supposed to eat bloody steak. You're supposed to cook all your meat all the way through. That's a religion. And it was like in in, in the Bible thing, like all meat is supposed to be well done. Is it Jewish? I don't know. I was gonna say Jewish, but I because didn't I know say Jews. Kind of, no, for no. sure. Jews can eat pork. It's the uh, <clears throat> Muslim Hebrew. that can't eat pork. I think Hebrew can't either. Huh. No, Hebrew's Jewish. Oh, I stopped That's talking. weird. I've never heard that. Something I don't remember. I'm not, I'm not even religious. I don't fucking know. But. I might look that up. That's kind of interesting. Um, it was interesting. I saw... I saw you uh, said they, they have to... It was a religion... on it. Uh, a, a religion that always cooked their meat fully through. Yeah, it, it was like uh, they were they sh- they couldn't eat raw steak or anything; it had to be fully cooked, no matter what it was. And for the life of me, I don't remember where I saw that. Let's see what Google says. Uh, obviously, the first one that comes up was Jewish law. Yeah, maybe it is Jewish. I don't know. Oh, so bad for him. I know, right? Missing out. Yeah, sure. There's a lot about. Well, what are you talking about missing out? You don't eat rare steaks. I've had it before, though, so I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's not coming up with anything what you were talking about. But the Jews, man, that's a tough religion. Like, there's limits on what kind of milk you can use, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's weird. Like. I guess they can only have kosher steak. I don't know what that means. Oh, right there it is. Kosher. That's the that's what you're talking about. I think. Uh, would it be kosher to eat a steak that is cooked medium rare? I ask because it seems that there's still blood that comes out of the meat when it's cooked like this. Should steak be well done? Answer. The laws of cash root require the extraction and drainage of all blood from beef or fowl within 72 hours of slaughtering. This is, a, this is accomplished well, through a unique that, soaking and salting process. In some instances, some through broiling. Um, the red liquid that remains inside the meat after this procedure is not hellacially considered blood. It's just meat's juice and is 100% kosher. <laughs> wow. I could not do that religion. <laughs> well, I can't even do like, regular Christianity, and it's the easiest one, probably. Like Protestant. Pro- well, actually, non non denominational is probably pretty easy. Well, I should yeah. I should know because I am non denominational. So am I, and that's so like Protestant kind of covers non denomination. Yeah. And to my knowledge, like on dog tags, if you tell them you don't have a denomination, they just put down Protestant. Do they really? Yeah, that's what mine say. Wow. Um. So what what are you recommending? you do this year for you and Dawson and that elk hunt you're doing this year? What kind of tactics are you going to do differently? We're going to go on a Colorado over-the-counter DIY elk hunt like we did last year. No outfitter, no guide. Yeah. Because we're, we're, you know, poor. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
I mean, not really. We do all right for ourselves, but, you know, it's just expensive. Yeah, it is. I mean, tag's just under $700, and then yeah, for us to get out there from Ohio or West Virginia, it's almost 20 we hours. Took, we took his fucking uh, 10, 15-year-old Cummins down there. Yeah. With what we had, it was take his truck or take my little fucking sweet 16 car. That has no room in it. No room in it. It's... I mean, it gets great gas mileage. Yeah, but if you ain't got the space to put oh, anything. That is a pretty bitching car, though, for all intents and purposes that I have for it. I mean, you get around pretty nicely on it. Now I'm spending hundreds of dollars just to come home. These Koreans know what they're doing, is all I'm going to say. Who is it? Koreans, Hyundai. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Mom and Dad and Megan all drive Hyundais, and I drive a Silverado yeah, now. Not so bad. Beaters with heaters, you know what I mean? I grew out anyway, of the beater with heater stage. We were going to take that fucking thing. So, <laughs> we ended up, oh, hell, I don't remember. We broke something from the rough roads. You definitely want full drive out there. Yeah. I was just going to buy a minivan for like 1500 bucks so we could take that out there. It'd probably would bottom out. Would not have made it on those roads. Yeah. No yeah. way. We would have bottomed out. It would have been horrible. Yeah, I'm probably going to take my truck out there when I go. Yeah. Uh, ideally, in my opinion, the ideal uh, vehicle for that kind of shit would be a uh, crew cab truck with an eight-foot bed with a cap on top. That huh? would be probably the best thing. Yeah. Or like a van or something. Yeah. Do that. My truck's like only... Like van. I got a six-and-a-half-foot bed with a double cab, but... And that's more than enough for just you. you right. Know? I mean, honestly. Which, I mean, even if you and me both go out there at the same time and we go out uh, to hunt together, I'm still probably going to drive separately because I'm going to have a shelving oh, unit yeah, and a cap be. in my truck. So. Right. Cause you got you got, a, you got a plan to take me home. So that, I, we estimated two, um, two them giant, like, 50-gallon coolers or whatever. Like Mike has. For elk. Oh, bigger than what Mike has. No, yeah, like those big-ass white ones he has. Yeah. Yeah, like two of those. Oh, no kidding. That was just for us to have enough, you know what I mean? And he, yeah. him and I was had a tag, but, you know, we were kind of relaxing. We're like, well, we're both retarded. Probably not going to even get an elk. <laughs> but if we do, what's the odds we'll get two? Right. And if we need to, we'll fucking go get one from a town or something. Right. But, yeah, we ended up having a truck hunt the whole time because there was no water. So this year we're gonna find somewhere with water, like streams, creeks. There was one cattle stream or cattle pond there that was really fucking nasty, and there was one like stream that ran, like a creek ran through. But you know the cattle that the ranchers leased, it, you know they just it was gross. We weren't gonna eat it. I think even filtered, we would have got sick from that water. Yeah, that sounds like iodine pills wouldn't have done nothing for that. No, and, and we were. I think 30 or 40 minutes from the nearest gas station. Yeah, so you would have been so out there power gripping a tree. Yeah, every other day we drove it to that gas station and bought them out of jugs of water. <laughs> and there was a bunch of other hunters there. Some guys had nice camps set up and, you know, knew what the fuck they were doing. We, uh... <laughs> we and then there was so. you. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... There's, a, there's this, um... Too. and we're looking for elk sign we saw a lot of elk sign but none of it was very fresh and so we kept going farther down and I mean we were putting in 
Well, the first time we got to a spot and got it, we were able to take off. We didn't find any fresh sign or water, but we went four or five miles deep just to turn around and the same day come right back to the truck to go to another unit. And that was like that, that unit was we were on a bench the whole time. Yeah. But we could move up or down the bench with 60, 70 pound packs on. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was thick. not feasible. Not feasible for there not being any water there. Oh yeah. I mean at the very bottom of the mountain there was but to get down you there. Down. You couldn't hunt down there. You probably wouldn't see much. Oh, that's where the elk would have been. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We went to that one first because it had the best success rates. But there was there been a two year drought that we didn't know about in that side of Colorado, so there was no fucking water. Anyway, mm. So you're going to hunt somewhere with water. You're going to hunt somewhere. Yeah. But we're hiking. So we, we hiked past an oil pad. Not seeing anything. You know, ripping calls and stuff. So we came up with a different game plan. I forget what it was. But we're coming back. We drop packs by this oil pad. You can drive up to it. Mm -hmm. Go all the way two miles to the truck through, through these, this mountain and ridge line. And across this stream and this marsh to get to the truck on the road. Get to the truck. I look at my brother. I'm like, "Oh fuck! You you got the keys, don't you?" Because we're both retarded. I knew to ask, but he I didn't put him in the pack until we were at the truck. And he's like, "Fuck!" And <laughs> we were like, "Motherfucker!" Like, we had to go two miles back up the fucking mountain, <laughs> all the way across the ridge, down the draw up to up to the oil pad, grab the keys, and then all the way back. At that point, and it would have we been just take your packs back, anyways. Actually, we might have. I don't remember. I say it wouldn't have been worth driving all the... No, we didn't. We just drove. We were exhausted. We'd been hiking all day. Right. And we were out of water at that point, too. It was in the truck. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But we're sitting in the truck chugging water, and these two guys come walking by, or driving by. They're going home. They're from Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, guys from Idaho who have, you know, nice elk in Idaho, coming all the way down to Colorado to hunt. And I was like, why are you all coming down here? And they're like, well, dude, the wolves are so bad up there because they, they reintroduce wolves up in the northwest, Ohio, or northwest United States. Yeah. And the wolves are so bad. They go out and they slaughter herds of cattle. And yeah, and you're not, allowed to hunt, you're not allowed to hunt them at all right now. Yeah, you're not allowed to hunt them. I so know there's been conservative places or people and groups talking about trying to get legislation to let certain there be certain tags for it, but... I don't think they've made any progress on it. I don't know if they have or not, but they need to because it's ridiculous. Wolves, you know, and everybody argues, well, wolves are from, you know, it, we used to be wolves here. There used to be wolves all over the United States. Yeah, but there wasn't you know, a bunch of people away. going out there and milking cows and uh, giving all kinds of different food. Nature balanced itself out back in. Well, well yeah, I'm being... But there's no predator for wolves, and that's we're the only predator. We're the only thing that can manage wolves. Mm -hmm. Just like how the Midwest has issues with coyotes. Yep. It takes us to manage them because they don't have predators. And they breed every year, at least yep. four to six pups every year. But wolves are savages, man. They're fucking. They'll kill and not even eat the meat. They just kill to teach the young. Right. They don't. They don't eat it. I mean, they they're pretty wait. big too. Oh yeah. For sure, but every bit of 60, 70 pounds so yeah. plus. 
these wolves, you know, they're, they're scaring hunters out of those northwest states because they don't want to get attacked. Or, you know, get attacked, shoot one, and have to deal with the legal consequence and blah, blah, blah. And go through the anyway, investigation. Yeah, these guys, we were bullshit with these guys. And they, they took a shot at one that I missed. They were 30s, 40s. Yeah. Knew a hell of a lot more than I. But, yeah, we just couldn't find them. We saw one elk the whole time. It was a cow elk. We were driving back from that gas station from getting water, and it ran out in front of us on the road. And you're not allowed to hunt within 100 yards of each side of the road. Huh? Not allowed to hunt for each side of the road about 100 yards out. Yeah. Did you get either sex, or did you get bull tags? So if you go, and you can buy... I don't think the price is different. Uh, we got either sex because I mean we we're gonna shoot whatever we could. Right. Right off the rip. I I told my brother I was gonna wait till Wednesday. Yeah. But we, you know, by by Monday after not seeing shit, I was ready to shoot whatever. <laughs> Cow or bull it didn't matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was a hell of an experience. Yeah. It was an expensive. You know, you're missing work. You're missing a week or so with wages. Yeah. And we estimate, we always estimate about $1,000 in gas. Depending yeah. on where you live and what you drive, obviously. <laughs> depending on who's president. Yeah, the price of the tag. Colorado elk tag was like 650 for us last year. Yeah, it's about and 680 a, a quality frame pack that can haul heavy loads. You need to buy a really good quality hard stiff sole boots so you don't fuck your feet up. You need to buy a decent shelter, tent, tarp, bivy, whatever. Decent sleeping bag. I mean, it's, yeah, it's 90 degrees in the day, but it did drop down to 30, which was our only cold night. The only night I got cold. But yeah. I put my puppies on and I was fine. You need to buy, uh, you know, good, good arrows, good, uh, Broadheads, you know, quality setup, gear setup, dialed in. Yeah, and you guys had a lot of issues and you like struggles that you went through, and you weren't even filming. When it's I... just growing things, man. You, got, you know, that's how you learn. We learned, we did it the hardest way you possibly could because it's the cheapest way you can. Yeah. And we kind of wanted to do it the hard way anyway and learn for ourselves. Right. I mean, that's how a lot of people do it, though. They learn by doing it themselves, starting out the hard way, and then they work their way uh, up to where. They can grow. I shouldn't say doing it ourselves, you know. YouTube's a hell of a tool. Yeah, that's how I learned to work on vehicles. But you know, it's it's kind of one of the things that you don't know until you're putting the. You don't know what like, you don't know. And learning. Yeah. We didn't we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. You know, we went down there watching countless hours of YouTube and like Elk Shape's a great YouTube show to watch for elk hunting. Elk Shape. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's fantastic. Yeah. Elk Shape. Yeah. I think I've seen some of the videos the last two days. And, you know, Meat Eater and Hunting Public, I like them a lot. Yeah. Hunting Public's with the younger guys that go out and pack a four to go public land hunt, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah they, mostly, they mostly do whitetail, but yeah. Yeah. I say, those guys, I've watched about four or five of their videos the last two days uh, since I've been doing all this research on Colorado elk hunting. And they actually... No matter what video you're in, whether they get a bull on the ground at the end of the video or not, they they tend to find a lot of bulls, or at least get on some cows. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. That's that's what we gotta figure out. How the fuck do you find elk when you're elk hunting? Like, 
we we covered we didn't cover as much ground as we should have been because we were yeah in whitetail mindset I guess like we weren't going as fast we weren't moving fast we we're trying to kind of creep everywhere we went not spook anything yeah and then actually that elk shaped guy it was his buddy or intern or something who is from Michigan and he's like this is a message to all the Midwestern guys out there it's not whitetail. Get you up. gotta move. You gotta get to the next ridge. Get to the next ridge. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yep. All day long until you get on elk. Yeah. And so we found that out the night before. We, we watched that video the night before our last hunt, I think. Our last day of hunting. <laughs> so it's and a, it was too late. Yeah, it was, it was like too, too little, too late. Because there's yeah, a hunting public guys. Out, those hunting public guys, their first day, they're walking six, seven, eight miles in. And then they're going further as their trip progresses. And when that's it, what we wanted to do. If they get one, they're hiking 10, 20 miles back out. Oh, yeah. Look up uh, Aaron Snyder sometimes. He's a big Western hunter. He's from Oregon. Really? Uh, yeah, he owns Kafaru now. Have you ever heard of Kafaru packs? No, I haven't actually. They're some of the best packs on the market. But, uh, like frame packs. Really? Yeah, he, uh, he's pretty cool. He's got Kafaru cast. Him and his, uh, his buddy do that. He's, he's, he's awesome, man. Like, he owns his company, and he's, like, it's just a, a normal dude, you know? Kind of like working class. Redneck, working class dude, yeah. He, he would get laid off or get, fired from jobs because he was hunting too much he'd get off Friday afternoon pack his shit go hunting for the weekend or for elk or mule deer or whatever That's, he, he spends half the year in mind he's a cool guy yeah. cool guy to listen to obviously I never met any of these people I'm talking about All right. but uh yeah yeah he's cool I like it. I like his little hat I'll look at it up here cool. I'll probably look that up tonight while I'm Very figuring out yeah I'll look that up tonight um so the one thing I wanted to get to is you and me both watch a lot of YouTube video hunting shows, informational stuff like that, whether it's whitetail, elk, or any other species that we're interested in hunting. We watch a lot of videos on it. So what I want to know is what shows have you watched? You don't have to say the page name or anything like that or their actual name. Just like what have you learned from all the different shows you've seen? Whitetail elk doesn't matter. It's it's all kind of the same, you know. Like working, my brother got me into working class bow hunter. My brother, I've been listening to him for uh, almost since they started. I think like years after they started. I think they're five years old. But uh, and he'd been doing the research and stuff. And I left Ohio and went to the army, so I got out of hunting for a little while come back my brother's super knowledgeable compared to me anyway and he got me into this podcast called working class bowhunters podcast and just listen to these guys bullshit drink beer bullshit make jokes laugh and giggle and talk about hunting stories have a good time on camera listen to these guys they have, and then they got big all of a sudden yeah I'm like well they do a lot of work like with juries T-Bone and uh, Drury's on there. and You forgot Nick. Nick Martin, yeah, sure. But, like, 
This conversation, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, the wind is the most important fucking thing. Like, it is. If, if the wind's the not right, good. you need to come Blade up with another thermals. plan. Blade thermals, thermals are huge. I'm still learning about thermals. I've taken what uh, you've learned, you taught too. me, and done some research. I too. But they're, they're hard to play sometimes, depending on your landscape. I mean, I'm no professional hunter. I do know more than probably my brother or my dad but that's because i've doing a lot of homework the last three and a half years oh, on hunting because like you i went to college right out of high school and i didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to hunt because i just didn't go home or take the time to go out and hunt when i was in college so that's on yeah. me unlike you where you had the army well, keeping my, you from doing it my four years away i i got to sit i sat in the blind my brother set up on my grandpa's for uh, one weekend was all I got to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, mine was just I was too lazy pretty much to do the work to get out there and hunt when I was in college. But since uh, I got out of college, the amount of information I've ta forced myself to learn, and now it's to the point where after the last several months of things getting hard, me moving away, away down to West Virginia and stuff, like the woods and all that's all that gives me peace of mind anymore. But I can tell you this, I haven't shot the biggest deer, I'm not a professional, but if I'm going to give someone advice on starting out to hunt, learn to hunt the wind. 94% uh -huh. of the time, it will help you be successful. There's only a few times where you can mess up the wind and get, be successful with a mature deer, a big bull elk, don't matter what the animal is. If you're not paying attention to wind, you're going to fail, pretty much. Seriously, you gotta learn to play thermals too, because that, that's just the same as playing the wind. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning about thermals. But our thermals one buddy. The heat of the day, push or rise your scent. Right, and I bet that's a huge so thing out there in Colorado. It's everywhere. Yeah, because you're in different elevations got, the entire time. Mm -hmm. If you got good wind, but then the sun comes up, now your wind's rising. If you're in the bottom of a hill, it could fuck you. If you're on top of a hill, it could fuck you. Right. It all but depends on where you're at. to go down, you know. It's, it's 20 minutes till sunset. Your thermals start dropping. You know, you're gonna, they're going to fuck you. Right. And you got to know, and it, it, like you were saying, it resorts back to you have to know what your wind is doing at all times. And it's, yeah, it's incredibly hard, especially to stay still in a tree stand and then just get your puffy, your puffer out or your your uh, milkweed whatever yep it, it, yeah, it, it is, is and say so i've everything i've learned the last three years i can credit to a couple different shows um i'm still kind of new on the working class bow hunter but i do like their show their podcast and i've learned some things from them but the main place i've learned everything is uh whitetail edge uh ben rising he used to work for the jury brothers back in the 90s 80s somewhere in there Something like that. Um, oh, yeah, that guy was that old. Who? Drury's? Or Ben Rising? Ben Rising. He's, he's gray. Completely. Oh, I never watched it. I just didn't assume. I just assumed. But, I mean, he's he's probably not more than 40, late 40s, early 50s. Huh? But he, he used to work for Drury Brothers and Mossy Oak. 
Um, he ended up splitting off and creating his own show, Whitetail Edge, and he's based out of the Hawking area in Ohio. That's where that's where he works and does his thing. And he's actually his day job's a logger. Of all logger. things, yeah, he's a logger. Um, yeah. But he hunts Kansas, yeah. Illinois, all over the freaking place. And a lot of his stuff that he does, like his, it's not meant to be an. Inst- I don't think it's meant to be instructional hunting videos or educational, but the way he goes about it is educational, and I've learned a lot. Like uh, he has scent killer stuff he uses that I started using this year, and I had my buck under me at ten yards, and then later in the season I had another buck under me at ten yards. No idea I was there either time. Um, he uses a black rack and extinguisher calls, and I just bought some. I've never been able to call a deer in. And we'll see how yeah, it does that. next year. Uh, he, he uses the. I'm not G- against calling or anything. I, I don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? I just. I've, I've, I've learned a lot. With it, so I would rather sit there in my little ninja tree stand and. Be quiet. Hit them with, without knowing what's going on. Right. Well, I know in the rut, if you're in a good area, you can get a lot more opportunities if you know how to rattle and get a grunt going and oh, have sure. the different pitches and stuff. So that's my goal this off-season over sure. the summer is to learn how to do that. Um, he uses G5 broadheads. He Specifically, he uses the Mega Meats. And I shot my deer with the G5 Meat Eater crossbows this year. They're dangerous blades, man. I tell you what. Everything that I've learned and I've put into use, I credit him and his show for me getting my buck this year. I mean, there's no other way I would have been in the right place at the right time. That's how I am with working with Bonner and my brother. Yeah, well, that's not true. My dad did get me out of the house and to the tree stand that night, but you know yeah. what I meant. Yeah, so, man, it's hard to motivate sometimes. Right. But everything I've learned to get close to deer and get good encounters with deer, and even give me the idea to start doing the YouTube channel and everything, came from Ben Rising, the Drury Brothers, and Bone Collector. I mm-hmm. mean, Bone Collector is a non... They don't do a lot of trophy shaming, but they don't shoot anything but mature deer. They just don't care what's on top of the deer. Uh, Everybody's got right. their nets. And the Drury Brothers have all kinds of different hunting shows nowadays, and they yeah. shoot monsters every year. Like I think Mark just shot a 200-inch buck this year or just missed a 200-inch club. Uh, 490, I think it was. Yeah, it was a freaking stud. And or then, maybe a bomb. But then... Uh, Ben Rising, he shoots mature deer only, and he aims for five to six, seven years old. So if they're not a certain age, he's not shooting it anyways. Yeah. And that's the way I am, and that's why I set my channel up the way it is. Like, I don't care what you shoot. If it makes you happy, I can't disagree with you if you shoot a spike buck. I mean, it's your tag, but I'm not going to agree with it. However, if it makes you happy and you got good footage, I'm going to put you on the show. I'm not not opposed to it my personal belief is to shoot something four and a half years and older every year that's what i'd like to do whether it's a doe or a buck it's just good management it's good conservation Mm -hmm. and that's what people talk shit about trophy hunters but the trophy it's not like the meat goes to waste because they shot a trophy buck they just want the rack trophy hunters also still eat the fucking animal right i mean you do have those douchebags and stuff but the best buck you can and working your ass off to get to that next level of right. you know, next level of deer, next level of age, antler quality, 
I mean, if you take every hunter and you it's, take them back into their basic beginnings of where they learned deer hunt and stuff, I guarantee you well, there was yeah. not many horns on any of the deer they killed. Maybe there were, but mostly probably not. My first deer was a doe, and it it's never been about what's on their head for me. It's always been the chase, the experience, being in the outdoors. That's always yeah, what it's been, and I like eating them. Say I, I wouldn't want to kill a big buck every you know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean I want to, but it's not the highest priority. I got my compound bow buck notch in my belt. I can Yeah, I don't know I if focus more on a more mature animal next year. I don't know yeah. that I can sit back next year even though I haven't killed a bow with a comp or a deer with a compound bow because of I mean I shot just under one fifty this year, so it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard not to try and top that but at the same time like if it's a four point that i know has been on the property for years and years it's gonna be hard not to pop him too oh absolutely you know but I, uh, i've never even found a buck that big my, my biggest bucks maybe 120 maybe a little more right like yeah i mean like i said earlier the only reason i got him even unofficially scored is when people ask me i have an answer now i don't care what he's right. gonna score he's gonna look good in my apartment but uh, I, I don't. Yeah, it's, I don't give a shit about a score. It's it's I all want, about the chase for me. But I want to kill quality deer. I don't want to kill young deer. Anymore. Right. And That's kind of why like, I'm hanging up the bow for the season because I don't want to go out and slam a doe because she's carrying. Yeah, but uh, my freezer, even with that buck. Right. I mean, my buck after I skinned him out and gutted him was still over 200 pounds. So I'm not worried about meat this year because my buck was a pig. Yeah. Now if I shot a doe or a younger buck, I might be thinking about going back out and getting another one, regardless. Mm. But I'm also thinking about the deer management and the herd and trying to grow those big bucks. Is I know there's probably that 12 point probably got around to a couple does if at minimum during the rut. So I'm thinking a couple does are carrying a good bloodline that I want to continue. Hey, you got elevator music on hand? You can just turn on some elevator music. Why? I gotta pee. I'll just go pee. <laughs> I don't care. I'll get a drink. <laughs> yeah. I'll walk through my fucking construction hallway. Yeah. Hey, just make Plastic sure you everywhere. make sure you okay. mute it so I don't hear your stream. Oh, you're gonna get the stream. Yeah, I'm not worried about you having to pee or anything. I can, if this works anything like my video editing software, if I can even use this on there, then I can cut this that whole break out. Oh, okay. Anyway. That's what I'm gonna play around with tonight. There's like four beers already, so. Yeah. Well, uh, let let's get ready to wrap this up. Do let's see what your favorite memory is of hunting, and then we'll finish this up. We've already been on the phone for an hour. Yeah, no. Favorite memory. I don't know, my memory's kind of got burnt through family drama from being a kid. Probably something I bought 
with deer mean that was the the most work I put into killing a you know having a successful a successful hunt a lot of uh, trial and error trees you know I mean hanging stands and trees and kind of narrowing down what trails get used when and then a lot of that though I will say had a lot to do with the rut you know I got lucky that I had to stand in, a good, in that spot which it was a good spot it was 10 yards from a trail in some foliage so I had really good cover right uh, you know I, I was just it was really cool to see how putting everything I learned into a scenario seeing how that worked and then being successful off of that was pretty fucking cool it's, it's pretty uh, fulfilling cool but yeah, I, know, I would have to say times, so. I'd have to say my hunt this last year where I've killed my buck was my favorite memory hunting. I mean, I got a lot of good memories hunting. It doesn't even matter if it's just deer hunting. Like that, like you said, putting in the work and then seeing it come to fruition, that just yeah. felt amazing. And now that I've got him back and I'm, me and my dad are going to figure out how to put him on the pedestal since he's so tall, I can't hang him on the drywall down here because it'll rip the drywall right off. But well, it, you put him, in, put him in the studs. I don't have a stud finder other than myself. Uh, Ten bucks. Nah, it's, I want him on a pet, pedestal anyways. Okay. I already got the pedestal, so. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if the elk hunt I go on in 2023 tops it. But... At this point, I'm bracing myself and preparing myself to just go do a bunch of hiking and get a lot of good footage of scenery and signs. Oh, dude, that was the biggest struggle we had was uh, uh, Again, finding the signs. The biggest struggle we had was we had to keep our, our focus on hunting because we wanted to go hike. <laughs> we wanted to go explore. Hey, what's around that bend? What's in that? What's behind that rock, you know? Well, I've... To check out that tree. There's a couple channels... That I've seen the last two days that they were out there elk hunting, and they're saying like, if you see somewhere where you want to go, that there might be a possibility an elk's down there. Go, don't wait, just go fucking see it. And if it's not there, then you know what? You bugle, you keep working, you keep going different places. Yeah, you. That's why you gotta cover as much ground as possible. And that's another thing is, if you're anybody's planning on buying or going on one of these western hunts, you need seriously. Like fuel tag, pack, extremely important boots, extremely important. Next thing that's the most important thing that you're gonna need, other than survival shit, is a gypus. No glass. Well, yeah. If you, if you don't know how to use a fucking map, then yeah, bring a GPS. You mean like binos to glass? A, map too, a paper map. Yeah. Uh, Do you mean like glass, like binos up on a ridge? Binoculars, depending on where you are, spotting scope. Colorado, we could have used one. Would have been pretty nice. I'm not real good with spotting scopes. We had really nice binos, not like Swarovski or whatever the fuck, three thousand dollar binos. We had nice Maven five hundred dollar pair binos. They were they were nice, but they weren't. I mean, Vortex pretty makes pretty good binos. Vortex, Leopold. I never heard of Maven. My brother showed me them. I forget what I have. They're real. The pair I have are actually pretty good. I just don't remember the brand name. They're, they're, it's not like it's an off-brand or a no-name. It, it's just not as not as known as other brands are. But it's still a decent yeah. set of binoculars. But, uh, all right, well, I'll be home next weekend, so maybe I'll see you then. 
Yeah, I, I need to get out and go shed hunting too before Zach gets down there and steals them all from yeah. me. But yeah, I want to do some of that too. But, but with that much snow they got right now, I was, what's the point? You're not going to be able to see anything. 15 well, inches. Well, I got hammered yesterday down here, and they ended up, I was supposed to go to a middle school and do some observation hours for my graduate program. And they ended up canceling the school for students. So then I went home and just sent my questions or whatever to the teacher I was supposed to sit in with on the email. And I told mom it was, I mean, it was almost white out around six to nine o'clock in the morning yesterday. It was almost white out conditions down here, but you know, I'm driving that truck now. So I wasn't too concerned about driving back and forth in the schools three, right. three, four miles from here. I texted mom and said, uh, got sent home yada yada what's the weather like up there and she said it's snowing we got maybe one or two inches that's it it's pretty clear right Man. now and I was like I'm getting hammered that's what my brother told me to read but it wasn't too bad but it was snowing and this yeah. was just like last night last yesterday yeah my cousin was supposed to come down this morning early to go trail riding in his side by side which he enclosed it so they keep some heat in and he was going to be like 30 minutes from me probably and he ended up texting me back later today, earlier today, and he said uh, they canceled because the landowners canceled because of the weather and temperature. I mean, it was like 20 degrees today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold today. No doubt about that. It's cold. And it was windy. But, uh. It was cold. I had only been on Friday. Yeah. But. Well, how's it feel to be the first one on the podcast? I don't know. It's weird. It's the first podcast. Yeah, it's, let's see what it turns into, right? Yeah, I mean, can't expect too much from a couple of little hillbilly childs, but... Right, that's all, that's all I'm starting out is a little hillbilly, but... Uh, Alright, buddy, well, we'll talk to you probably here in a little bit, a couple days, maybe. Yeah, probably. Alright, boy, I'll check you later. Yep, thanks. Yep, see ya. See ya, buddy. So, wrapping up here, uh, Lane knows more about Colorado elk hunting than I do because he's been there. Uh, he got a nice buck this year. I still don't remember what it looks like, though. Um, he hunts property that we all grew up playing and riding dirt bikes four-wheelers on. Uh, he lives up in Toledo area, works in a refinery as a scaffold builder. Uh, his union tag is carpenter. Um, been buddies with him forever. We played soccer together senior year of high school. Uh, beat on each other growing up whatever um, when we graduated he went to the army as a calf scout and he was stationed down I think he said Fort Hood Texas I don't remember which place he was he said Central Texas I don't know where Hood's at but he was in Texas and Korea um, he got out and came back here and moved up there to work hopefully he moves back towards Carrollton uh, where we all grew up here soon I don't know what my plan's gonna be, and there's a couple different ideas in the works, but that's another day. Um, so, this is the first episode of Grindstone Adventures podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, me and Lane have BS conversations like that all the time, uh, especially when we're in person. So, stay tuned for podcast two. There'll be a teaser on who it'll be and what it'll entail. 
down the road. Shoot your bows. Have a good time. Out.